0: Welcome to the 20th episode of Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and co-host of Dead Pilot Society, and I cannot believe that we are already at 20 episodes, 20 episodes of the finest rejected comedy in television. So right now I am showrunning a new comedy for Netflix. And it's got me thinking a lot about cliches, because I feel like a big part of a comedy showrunner's job is to guard against them. Because every writer, no matter how good, ends up pitching cliches. They're just often the first place your mind goes, and it's up to the showrunner to make sure that the staff pushes past that first thought. So much of the comedy showrunning job is being this cliche goalie. Uh, keeping them out because for every category of thing, there's a comedy cliche. You know, funny tree is the ficus. A funny bodily organ is the spleen. The funny dog is the shih tzu. The funny cookie is the snickerdoodle. I could do this all day. There's a cliche funny thing for everything, and just like how various Eskimo languages have dozens of words for snow, comedy writers have lots of words. For cliche because, at least for me, you don't want to come right out and call another writer's pitch a cliche, so you use these euphemisms. And you know, the most famous of these is clam. You know, say someone pitches, I just threw up in my mouth a little, you say, eh, It's a clam. Um, that word evidently comes from either Michael Patrick King or Peter Tolan uh, when they were on the staff of Murphy Brown, and it refers to the cliche of saying that someone got sick because they ate some bad clams, which let's face it is pretty much the only thing that's ever given someone food poisoning on a sitcom. But clam can sound kind of harsh. So in the Friends writers room we we started saying the gentler, it's familiar. But then, you know, over time familiar started to sound harsh, so we switched to saying Classic, as it, You know, someone pitches a line at the end of a scene, check, please, and you'd say, nah. I don't know, it's kind of classic. Um, Sitcommy is another one, not quite as nice sounding, but that one gets used a lot. But my favorite one, which we came up with in the Friends writer's room, was shift F7, meaning that the pitch was so cliche that you could just hit shift F7 on a hypothetical computer program and the computer would just spit out that joke. Uh, one way, as a writer, to avoid writing things that are Shift F7 is to write something that's just totally insane, which is what we have for you in our dead pilot this time. How's that for a segue. Uh, our pilot is from the last live show we did at Largo in L.A., and it's Jet Pacula by Rob Schraub. Uh, If you don't know Rob, he's the creator of the Sarah Silverman program As well as co-writer with Dan Harmon Of the movie Monster House And the legendary unaired pilot Heat Vision and Jack Which we talk about a bit in the interview we did with him He's created comic books He's directed episodes of all kinds of shows Including Children's Hospital, Workaholics, Parks and Rec Mindy Project, Community We got an unbelievable Cast for this one Headlined by Patton Oswalt Tony Hale and Constance Wu. Get ready for some true insanity. Here's my co-host, Ben Blacker, and myself, live from Largo with Jet Pacula after a brief message.
1: Hey, Helen Hong. Yes, J. Keith Van Stratton? What's the difference between a layover and a stopover? I have no idea. What's the difference between optimal and optimum? I have no idea. Well, what's the difference between an actual conversation and a promo for our new show on Maximum Fun, Go Fact Yourself?
2: Nobody has any idea.
1: Go Fact Yourself, the game show with celebrity contestants, super smart experts, and answers to questions you've never even asked.
3: Listen twice a month on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And be in the audience for our tapings of Go Fact Yourself in downtown L.A. It's free. Go to GoFactYourPod.com for more info.
4: We're having a very realistic conversation. Yes, we are. This audience is the size of many network shows Absolutely, these days (laughs) days it's
0: true And I was thinking, we've done a few of these shows uh, Here at Largo now A couple times ago we had one by Casey Wilson And June Diane Raphael And Samantha McIntyre You know, those were the two There's no real theme there Uh, Last time we were here uh, One by (laughs) Emily Kapnick And one by Deb Kaplan and Harry Elfant Those were both musicals
4: Were Uh, any of you here for that musical episode? Oh, great and we've put out both those episodes so people Yes,
0: can hear those. both great episodes So there's a theme And so I was thinking, you know the, Having a theme was cool And I realized we do have a theme tonight And I don't know why we didn't advertise it this way All of our writers uh, tonight are white males uh, So we really I don't know why that wasn't uh, on the website um, Progressive as ever Hollywood's cause it's progressive
5: Because
0: <laughs> it's a great time right now for the white male I was thinking, you know, there's obviously the elephant in the room. Um, it's hard to be in Hollywood and, and not... Don't get nervous, Ben. It's okay. It's going to be... A, we're going to get through this. It's Andrew hard. told me...
4: He said he was going to do this, and he said, your job is to look nervous. It's gonna, like, yeah.
0: It's going to be fun. I'm going <laughs> to. Um, but without talking about, you know, these the sexual harassment scandals, which, you know, keep keep coming, and these people are getting their well-deserved uh, comeuppance. And, but it's happening now to... To you know, people who I think most of us here you know whose work we 've enjoyed in the, you know in the past, and there 's arguments to be had about separating the art from the artist, but I think at the very least you can say watching their work becomes fraught at, at least, so I think and we, you, you never know who 's next, and so my advice I think if there 's any movie or, or television program that you've you, th- you haven 't seen but you think you might enjoy <laughs> or something you have watched enough that you might want to rewatch it just don 't don 't waste any more time just. Just take the week off, you know, get a couple screens going. Just watch everything. Just watch everything that you think you might ever want to watch and do it now because time is short. Believe me, you, you, ne- you never you never know. Um, so you don't have to worry about that with these because these are never going to be on TV or anywhere to, to be seen. So it, it's safe. You'll uh, never
4: regret you know, loving these. We're
0: fine tonight and that's what... You, um, Let's bring out. I should say, uh, last time there were musicals, we had a little rehearsal. So often when we do these shows, we do a quick run through. We didn't tonight. This is. I'll say this. This is as cold even, as cold reads get. Even so, to call it a show is an overstatement. <laughs> so just bear that in mind. Um, but let's but bring out. This
4: cast out, is so capable that I I'm not worried. Are you guys worried? You're not. Right? You really shouldn't be.
0: These it's a, it's incredible who's back there. I mean it's. I, I was sort of nervous just meeting all these people. It's amazing. Ben has done an incredible job putting together most of this cast. It's I fantastic. Agree. Thank you. Um, <laughs> let us bring out uh, the writer of our first pilot tonight, uh, Rob Schraub.
6: Hello. Hi. Hi, Rob.
0: First of all, happy birthday, Rob.
6: Oh, please. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Who told you?
4: Um, we met Rob uh, in. No answer, <laughs> okay. We met Rob in uh, San Francisco when we did Dead Pilot Society at San Francisco Sketchfest. Right. Uh, yes, Rob Steve. had written uh, with our friend Steve Agee, our friend sometimes enemy, Steve yeah. Agee, a pilot based on Steve's life. Steve, no round of applause.
6: No. <laughs> silence.
4: Absolute silence. <laughs> they were not into it. No. Uh, we we've put we we've put that episode out, right,
0: Andrew? We did. We did. You yes. Yes. Rob is the only. You have the distinction of being the only two time writer for Dead Pilot Society, other than myself. Oh, yeah.
4: So oh. Rob told us back then. Uh, he said, "I have a pilot for you guys. It's fucking weird. Yes. It's called Jetpackula. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give? Now I know you pitched this and sold this pilot. Do you want to sort of give like the Two sentence uh, pitch for this show? Oh
6: God, two sentences. You
4: can have three. Well,
6: I, I what I wanted to do is like a Monster of the Week show, uh, but make it a buddy comedy, but focus on the on the buddy mm-hmm. uh, of it all. I wanted to kind of do like a kind of like a comedic, like genre based, like almost like Breaking Bad, where the main <laughs> character is kind of a a dick, you know, but uh, you know, and, and just kind of take all like the Halloween tropes and spin them on the I don't know it's just is something that I thought would be really really fun to do I have a love of like horror and sci-fi and and uh, and and i love comedy and I wanted to just kind of mix it all together and that's what I do yeah, and you said this is a live action show. It was. It was pitched as a live action show. Yeah, for mm-hmm. IFC. I think like uh, 2013, maybe 14. Or and the short
4: version. And and you had told this to us previously, mm. but mm. Uh, you pitched this as a live action show. Yes, and they bought it. Yes. They bought the script, and you said, this is going to be very expensive. You sure you want me to do this?
6: Well, I mean, you read it on the page. It's a procedural show that has stunts and monsters and special effects in there. And they were like, yeah, we can do this for $400,000 an episode. (laughs) And then what happened? Oh, after a year of many rewrites, they said, it's
4: too expensive.
0: (laughs) Um, Are you... I'm sorry. Bitter? Yes. No. (laughs) I (laughs) thought... uh, Has anyone out there heard of Heat Vision and Jack? Um, Yes. Yes. So...
6: This is a kind of... So for those of you who
0: don't know, this is sort of one of the most legendary unaired pilots, uh, Jack Black who, who was in the. It was probably it was Jack uh, Owen and, Owen, Wilson and Owen Wilson was the
6: talking motorcycle. <laughs> Which, for anybody who doesn't know what Heat Vision and Jack is, is, is an odd thing to say. Owen Wilson was a talking motorcycle. Jack Black was the smartest man in the world if he stood in sunlight. Uh, ben Stiller directed it. Uh, Kristen Taylor was the love interest. Mm-hmm. And Ron Silver played himself.
4: <laughs> who, who was the villain of the piece?
6: Ron Silver. Yeah, who played himself.
4: <laughs> the villain.
6: <laughs> Ro- like, uh, like the government hired Ron Silver, the legendary actor known for playing really kick-ass villains, to hunt down uh, Jack Austin, Jack Black, too.
0: And this was written by myself himself, and, and, and Dan, Dan Harmon. Yes. And Jet Pacula was oh. a part of.
6: Why isn't he here? <laughs> it's my fucking birthday. <laughs>
0: Now, Jet Pacula was a part of Heat Vision. Oh, well,
6: yeah. I mean, like, back in the day when we were writing the Heat Vision and Jack movie, never went anywhere, uh, Jet Pacula was actually a villain in the movie. He wasn't, like, the main villain, but there was, like, all these different supervillains that Jack and Heat Vision would fight, and Jet Pacula was one of them, and it was just, like, such an awesome... Fucking awesome name that I just just I just we' got to do something with that, and uh, we did not. I did.
0: And he's a robot vampire from the future.
6: Well, he's just a vampire from the future. there's okay. n- nothing robotic about him. Okay. All right, well, we'll see. Other than his dialogue. <laughs> <All right.
4: laughs> and you wrote you wrote this uh pilot. Uh, by with, myself. By yourself. And very well. Thank you. Uh, with uh, someone in mind for one of the leads, correct?
6: Uh, yeah. I mean, like, right at first, like, I was thinking about a bunch of people, but IFC was the one that said oh, okay. Patton Oswald would be perfect for this. <laughs> He's very good. <laughs> and uh, how can you pass that up? You know, it was just, it was just like. Perfect for it. Yeah. So when, when you hear it, it you'll you'll get one. <laughs> that's true. Yeah.
4: Um, I, yeah. I think that's it. I think we should bring out the cast. With yes. That. Um, where, where do I stand? And you sit sit? <laughs> sit wherever you like. Thank okay. you, Rob. Okay. Rob's going to be playing a part in this too. What is your part? I'm going to be playing Doctor Veratu. And why this part for yourself? Because <laughs> he's
6: fun. I don't know. I don't know. I, I ha- hope you have fun.
4: Okay. I have. I have. Go fun. sit down.
6: My birthday. <laughs>
4: Rob Schraub, everyone. What's Ben Affleck and or Drake
0: up to?
1: What show should I be watching right now?
0: Should The Rock run for president? How about Oprah?
4: What's a great French film about lady cannibals? Who's stronger, Luke Cage or Iron Fist?
2: For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable discussion that always has a fun, diverse panel talking about the stuff we love. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcast. I'm not going to (laughs) judge.
0: This is Jet Pacula, the pilot, Annoyance of the (laughs) Mukrow, written by Rob Schraub. Act one, we're in the waiting room of Dynamite Night Comics. We pan over superhero movie posters and action figures. This place could be a museum of the greatest hits in comics. At a front desk, a receptionist is on the phone.
3: Dynamite Night Comics. No, we do not accept unsolicited material. Goodbye. Dynamite Night Comics. Miss Reed is in a meeting. May I take a message?
0: The receptionist's voice fades as we pan over to an out-of-place guy whose fashion sense hasn't evolved since 1997. (laughs) He's the comic world's biggest miss, Ben Tillinghast. Ben waits on a couch, squeezing the handle of an old portfolio. The office door opens with two people laughing. One of them is a young art snob in skinny jeans named Defenestrator. The other is Susan Reed, an executive with a manufactured eccentricity.
3: Amazing pitch. Can't wait to see your universe unfold.
7: Universes, Susan. Universes.
0: (laughs) Ben leaps to his feet, arms open for a hug, playing it cool. Hey,
1: Susie! Ben, killing guest.
3: Oh, my God, Ben! Sorry, defenestrator this guy created the best comic of the 90s robot bastard
7: oh cute
0: (laughs) he leaves blowing by ben
3: oh such a genius come on
1: in and let's hear about your new idea
0: in susan's office ben gestures wildly pitching his new book
1: uh then uh vex uh merlazor paralyzes lady antigen (laughs) With the Infinity Cube, and everybody in the Hex League is like, "This is it for her." But then, uh oh, look out! Guess who didn't die in the External Nightmare Drive?
0: Susan is having a hard time following.
3: I don't know who.
0: Ben holds up a piece of concept art: a man with ridiculous muscles standing perpendicular to the side of a skyscraper—a proposed cover for issue number one of
1: Kessel Runian, the man stronger than gravity. Uh, Runyon uses his newfound powers to to walk up the wall over the ceiling. Wait, walk up the wall like Spider-Man? What? No, no. Spider-Man crawls up walls. <laughs> Kessel, Kessel Runyon walks up walls like a like a human being. It's different. Ben,
3: you know I love you, but this thing feels very derivative. Got any fresher ideas?
0: No. <laughs> We're exterior of Megan's house later that night. Ben runs onto the porch of a lovely two-story home on a suburban block in Pasadena. He rings the doorbell. When when we're close on the doorbell, we see it says, Megan Mathers and Ben Tillinghast, but the and Ben Tillinghast is crossed out. (laughs) Megan Mathers opens the door. She's not thrilled to see Ben.
1: Totally slam-dunk my pitch meeting today. Who's up for some celebratory scotch?
3: I have company.
0: From inside, a chipper hipster pokes his head out from the dining room. <laughs> this is Jonah, Megan's new boyfriend.
2: Megan, is bok supposed to taste like this? Oh, hey, Ben.
1: Oh, God, how can you not punch that face? <laughs> you're, <clears throat> you're a better man than me.
0: <laughs> Megan steps outside, closing the door behind her.
3: What's going on here, Ben? When we broke up, you promised if I let you stay out back, it would never get weird. <laughs>
1: I just wanted to share this with you. It wasn't going to get weird.
3: Good. Congratulations on your meeting. Maybe now you can pay that rent you owe me.
0: She shuts the door in Ben's face. He trudges down the steps and tosses his portfolio in the garbage. We follow him walking around to the backyard. It's a lonely garage with peeling paint. Ben lets himself in. In his studio, there's an unmade bed, a draft table covered in dirty clothes, and a dusty TV, which are his only roommate's. Ben stares at the news clippings taped on the wall. (laughs) Robot Bastard, best comic of 1998. Genius, a comic hit. A new kind of hero. Movie deal? And an old framed fan letter. Dear Mr. Tillinghast, Robot Bastard is amazing. You are my very favorite artist slash writer. I hope to meet you one day. Fan for life... how could it get any worse? There's a loud thunderclap and a full-screen title says, 5,000 years later. (laughs) We're in a lab. It's a compact room. Computers dense with blinking lights. Technicians in hazmat suits mill about. Something big's going down. All this activity orbits around a raised circular platform surrounded by enormous turbines. On it stands a seven-foot-tall vampire super-soldier encased neck-to-toe in in sci-fi battle armor. His name is Zed Nihilist Oblique, but we'll soon know him as (laughs) Jetpacula. Dr. Veratu, an exuberant vampire scientist standing at a control console, speaks into a PA handset at Jet.
6: Lieutenant Oblique, state your three temporal laws.
0: Jet answers San's passion in a stoic voice while Veratu mouths along. He's like an anxious parent at a school recital. Law
8: one, it is forbidden to kill humans or by my inaction to allow humans to be killed. Law two, it is forbidden to kill or create one of my own kind.
0: Law three, it is forbidden for my existence to be documented. Robotic arms descend, strapping a rocket pack onto Jet.
6: Take note of law one. Your cybernetic implants are set to electropunish. Mm-hmm. If your resolve fain, wanes, have a Gary. Ugh. The blood substitute will deliver you from
0: temptation. He tosses Jet a pink man-shaped cookie. Ugh. A Gary. Jet bites the head off and chews. God. The Gary tastes awful. Ugh. The turbines rev. The room shakes. A risk assessment vampire gives the thumbs up. It's time. Veratu shouts over the noise.
6: You understand that this is a one-way trip? Once you affect the past, you can never return.
0: Jet lowers his flight goggles and cracks his neck.
8: Understood, Dr. Varatu.
6: Then say hello to the 21st century. <laughs>
0: with a flip of a switch... With a flip of a switch, Jet is enveloped in a bright flash. Loud thunderclap. Full-screen title. 5,000 years earlier. We're on a dairy farm. Outside the city, a farmer closes a barn door. He looks to the horizon at an ominous factory. Apex chemicals. We fix nature. (laughs) Squish. He steps in a puddle of glowing ooze. At the property line is a sewer pipe leaking toxic waste over a tombstone marked, Our Beloved Elsie.
2: Damn chemicals. What'd they do to your final resting place, girl?
0: The ground rumbles. A decayed hoof punches up from the dirt. And a zombie cow rises out of its grave. No, Elsie! Stay dead! In the sky above, a wormhole opens, and out of it flies Jet Pacula. The giant... The giant lands and addresses the zombie cow. Undead bovine,
8: it is my unfortunate duty to erase your existence from history for the future benefit of this planet. Have a better second death.
0: Smithereen blaster. He fires a gauntlet mounted laser. Zap. The zombie cow disintegrates into a pile of ash. Oh. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> The farmer runs, but Jet grabs the nape of his neck.
8: Witnesses are a non tolerable risk. Temporal law forbids any documentation of my existence. Don't kill me. Oh, it's also forbidden. Oh, good. And unnecessary. Slight blow to the aft cerebellum induces 30 minutes of memory loss and temporary
0: unconsciousness. Jet flicks a finger at the back of the farmer's head. The man crumples out cold. Mm. Bloop. A hologram orb materializes in front of Jet. Inside the orb is the face of Dr. Veratu.
6: Future calling past. Come in past.
0: Uh,
8: (laughs) This is past. Go future. (laughs)
6: First target neutralized. Mm. The van president will be pleased. <laughs> Looks like I picked the perfect soldier, Lieutenant Oblique.
8: <laughs> Agreed.
0: Jets! Jet Pacula launches into the night sky, <laughs> but the whoosh from takeoff <laughs> blows the pile of zombie cow ash through the air, over to a nearby field and onto the pumpkin head of a scarecrow. The insides of the rotten gourd begin to glow the jack-o-lantern frowns raising its head coming to life and becoming a living scarecrow <laughs> jet flies at mock speed over a small city dr veratu follows follows along in the hologram orb Like the Great Gazoo. He looks to the small city below.
6: Uh, I wish more was known about this human era. Might be very different. Perhaps even dangerous. What could be dangerous to me here? The sky brightens
0: as dawn breaks. Jet raises an eyebrow.
6: Something wrong? No. I have
8: detected an unknown light source rising from the horizon. Strange
0: orangey luminance, getting brighter, larger. What is it? It's a sunrise. Jet explodes into fire. Veratu cuts out. We're in Ben's studio in the morning. He's asleep in bed, fully clothed, spooning his pillow. Outside the studio window... Outside the studio window, Jet crashes into the backyard.
1: What?
0: He runs out, shocked. Jet rolls around in the yard, on fire. Whoa! Burning! Oh
1: wow! Help! Okay. okay, hey, hey, hold 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 tight, big guy.
0: Ben uncoils a garden hose and sprays jet, but the water has no effect. Ben circles in front of the sun with the hose.
1: Why isn't this working?
0: And his shadow falls on Jet's arm. The flames go out. Ben looks at the sun, shaking his head in disbelief.
1: Oh, right. Sorry.
0: Ben grabs Jet by his extinguished arm and drags him inside. In Ben's studio, he falls against the door, pushing it closed.
1: This is is why I don't exercise.
0: (laughs) Now Ben has a large unconscious man in sci-fi armor smoldering on his studio floor, but the fire has gone out. Ben ponders, looks at Jet, grabs the doorknob, then opens the door. Day blasts in and jet bursts into flame. Gah! Slam. Ben shuts the door. The fire goes out. Uh. Then he opens the door again. Gah! Slam. One more, s- super quick, open and close. God! Slam! OK, that, that last one was trout.) Yeah. In the kitchen of the farmhouse, the farmer from earlier is at the table, holding an ice pack to his head. At the stove, his wife cooks steak and eggs. Well, last thing I remember, I was closing the barn door. A sinister knock-knock comes from the door.
2: Babe, could you answer that? I think my hand is frozen to my head.
0: His wife carries the frying pan to the door and opens it. Behind the door is a living scarecrow. At the local TV station, we're on the News Scene 15 set. Della D. Anderson, the crotchety senior producer, argues with Trent, an uppity anchorman.
3: Bob's at Truck Fest. You're the only reporter I got.
7: Hey, I'm not driving 40 minutes to a stinky cow farm. No, send the new mouse a field producer.
0: Angle, at a desk computer, Megan, Ben's ex-girlfriend, is logging B-roll, trying not to eavesdrop.
7: Mouse voice? Hey. Shh. She ain't ready. Hey, it's mouse voice or no voice, babe. Damn it.
3: You win. Hey, Mathers, fix your hair. You're going out on an assignment. Okay, Dee Dee. Wait, I'm Mouse Voice? The news van's waiting. Move.
0: She grabs her blazer and purse. We follow Megan as she walks away from the news stage. Her cell phone rings.
3: This is Megan.
0: It's Ben in his studio, eating cereal. You
1: will not believe what happened.
3: Ben, look, I can't talk now. Dee Dee's sending me out my first field assignment.
0: Megan meets up with the driver, and they jump into a News Scene 15 van. She checks her makeup in the mirror.
1: Yeah, that is amazing, and I'm completely invested in your victory, but this takes precedent. There's a van.
3: Ben, please, I gotta go. Really? You can't give me two seconds. I gave you five years. Look what that got me.
0: She hangs up. Ben looks at the unconscious vampire sizzling on his floor.
1: I, I gotta share this with somebody.
0: Outside, a lawnmower starts up. Ben looks out the window and sees a gardener cutting the grass on a riding mower. This is Luis Primero. Ben comes out and yells to Luis.
1: Uh, hey, hey, uh, you...
0: Ben motions for Luis to shut off the mower, and he complies.
1: You're, you're Juan, Megan's gardener?
7: When a Juan collects the garbage, I cut the grass. My name's Luis,
1: so. Oh, of course, right. Luis, uh, can I bounce something off of you?
0: In Ben's studio, Luis examines Jet's unconscious body lying on the floor while Ben sketches at the draft table.
1: Vampire, right?
7: You know, I wouldn't know what else to call it, bro. Thank you! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, I, Oh, I needed that. The, the, the world has not been on my side for some reason.
0: Ben pours some scotch into a coffee cup and takes a gulp. Luis checks out Ben's drawing. It's a sketch of Jet Pacula.
7: Nice, he drew his eyes open, huh?
0: They both look up. Jet stands there, very much awake, (laughs) staring back at them. (laughs) And that's the end of Act One. Okay, we'll be back with more Jet Pacula in just a second, but I need to tell you that Dead Pilot Society is supported in part by HelloFresh, Do you guys out there, do you like delicious food? Do you want home-cooked meals, but you don't want to deal with figuring out what to make and then shopping for the ingredients? Because I got to say, for me, I like to cook, and I don't like eating out all the time, but I just get overwhelmed trying to figure out what the heck to make. HelloFresh takes that out of the equation. It's the meal kit delivery service that delivers your favorite recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy for less than $10 a meal. All the ingredients come in these handy meal kits. It's easy to tell which ingredients go with with which recipe. They offer a wide variety of recipes that change weekly. There's the classic plan. There's the veggie plan, the family plan. I've tried it. It really is delicious. I liked it. My kids, honestly, really like the food, too. HelloFresh also offers Hall of Fame premium and kid-tested recipe selections. Look, just give it a try for a week. Give it a try. Take... $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code DEADPILOTS30. You won't regret it. Now back to Jet Pacula. Act two. We're We're still in Ben's studio. Uh, Ben and Luis hide behind the draft table screaming while Jet tries to grab the sketch of him.
1: Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God! Don't let his peach of teeth bite me, bro!
0: (laughs) Jet pulls the drawing away.
8: Documentation is forbidden. Smithereen, blaster.
0: A laser shoots from Jet's gauntlet, destroying mm-hmm. the sketch. He grabs Ben. <laughs> Jet cocks his finger, ready to erase his memory.
8: Witnesses
0: are non-tolerable.
7: No, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, you diagnose Nasferatu. Okay, McDowell and
1: Tumani, hopeful time.
0: Crack! Louis smacks Jet over the head with a T-square. Ow! Jet misfires his weapon, blasting a lamp next to Ben.
1: Oh, hey! You almost killed me!
0: Zap! Jet's cybernetic implants shock him with electricity. Yes! He tumbles back, accidentally pulling the drape open, letting in a shaft of daylight. He butt crawls away from the beam of sunlight into a corner, horrified.
1: What, what is that? Shut it off! Sh- shut off the sun? Yes. I'm- Look, I'm lost. What, what kind of vampire doesn't know what daytime is bad for him? What, what, what are you? Where do you come from? My mission is
0: classified.
7: Okay, listen. You tell us everything you know, or we'll open every drape in the world, puto.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jet looks about the studio. He sees the news clippings. Mm. Robot bastard, a new kind of hero. Mm. Then underneath, grapes on sale, super savings. Uh, I am a
8: superhero here to protect the future of mankind.
1: Hero? But you're you're a vampire. Uh, Yeah, aren't you known
7: for, like, sucking blood and being gorgeous and shit, bro? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
8: Where I come from, humans and vampires have learned to coexist after the invention of a delicious blood substitute known as a Gary.
0: He presses... (laughs) Three buttons on his forearm. Beep, boop, 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 click. Jet's chest plate opens. He removes a Gary from his armor and takes a bite. It's awful, but he forces a smile.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And where do you come from, exactly?
8: Well, the year is 7237 A.D.
0: Ben and Luis lean in wide-eyed as Jet narrates a flash-forward sequence. This is visualized in comic form. A book is quickly flipped to a page. We pan and scan over panels of zombies, werewolves, mummies, and evil robots attacking people.
8: Tomorrow's Earth is overrun by the creatures man man once believed to be mere fiction, monsters. The human race will be hunted to near extinction. Your descendants will not survive unless I restore the balance.
0: We flip to a dystopian city under a sunless, polluted sky. Flying cars, evil skyscrapers, Blade Runner on Halloween... The streets are clogged with hundreds of monster species, dressed much the way humans are today, but more miserable.
8: I've been sent to destroy all non-vampire monsters before they can take control. If the number of human-eating predators is reduced sufficiently, the future of your race will
0: be rebooted. You're welcome. We end the flash-forward sequence. Ben and Louise stare at Jet like kids absorbed in a campfire story.
1: Sweet pitch, Jetpacula.
0: Actually,
8: my proper, my proper vocative is Lieutenant Z. Nihilist Oblique.
7: Nah, that's too wordy. I prefer Jabacula. It's mm. better, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> a phone rings.
7: Hola, mi amor. Yeah, no, just wrapping up here. Cheers? <laughs> that's great. Okay. Okay, bye, bye. Love you, too. Well, I better get a move on. Mm. Good luck with your uh, predicament, Mr. Pacula.
1: <laughs> wait, I'm, wait, Wait! I'm whoa, you're bailing?
0: Ben follows Luis outside, leaving Jet all alone. Past calling future? Come in future. Bloop, Dr. Veratu appears in a hologram orb. Ah. There's electrical interference. Something's wrong.
8: <laughs> what did you do? You're breaking up, future. Repeat.
0: Behind Veratu, vampires fight with many living scarecrows. Oh. <laughs>
6: <laughs> We're overrun with mooing scarecrows. Mm. Rectify sh- sh- situation immediately.
0: The face of a future moo fills the hologram orb. <laughs> the signal goes dead. Jet's face twists with failure. Mm. We're in Ben's studio in the backyard. Luis loads the riding mower into his truck as Ben pleads.
1: Are you... Hi, this is a double whammy nerd on. There's a vampire from the future in my studio. Now, I know. You
7: know, Mr. Ben, as much as I would love to stay and solve supernatural mysteries with you, um, <laughs> the man you see before you cuts grass, Ben. That's it. <laughs> uh, but you know, plus, plus my wife's play opens tonight and between the traffic and getting the kids ready, you know. You get the idea, right? So, uh, oh, my wife says Miss Megan's on the TV now.
0: We cut to a full screen with the Channel 15 logo.
2: This is a news scene 15 news break with Megan Mathers.
0: We're at the dairy farm. Megan interviews the farmer and his wife in front of the barn. She talks in a deep voice and it sounds, well, odd.
3: I'm here with Jed Jacobs, <laughs> only 15 feet from where he and his wife were attacked. Mr. Jacobs, tell us what happened.
2: Norma was fixing the breakfast, and then uh, the moo crow attacked. He took one look at my steak and eggs and flew into the worst rage.
3: You called the suspect a moo crow. Why is that? Uh,
2: Well, he, he was dressed as a scarecrow, but he mooed like a cow.
0: In Ben's studio, we pull out from the news break on Ben's TV. Jet sits in back, still held at bay by the sunshine. On the screen.
3: Local authorities are asking everyone to be on the lookout for the Moo Crow. This is Megan Mothers, news scene 15.
0: Ben turns the TV off.
1: Did you see that? She was perfect. Sound guy needs to tweak her mic, but other than that, perfect. (laughs) Megan's always trumped her first field assignment.
0: Ben turns sad. He truly misses her. Jet Gawks, speechless.
8: Fascinating. I disintegrated a zombie cow at that very same farm.
1: Yeah, of course you did.
8: Yeah, and particles of the undead bovine must have contaminated the scarecrow and brought it to life. I must liquidate this moo-crow before it can multiply crow. <laughs> but with... <laughs> I call it Crow. <laughs> I'm not from here. <laughs> but
1: with this infernal daytime, how can I? All right, you twisted my arm, Jetpackula.
0: We angle on Ben, who has put on a corduroy jacket, a reverse baseball cap, and neon-rimmed sunglasses. His cool guy outfit. I'll hunt monsters with you. <laughs> and we end Act Two. Act three, we are traveling down Main Street. Ben drives his crappy 97 Jetta through the suburbs.
1: And the the pollution's so thick, it's always night in the future? Mm -hmm.
0: We angle on the back of the car. The seat is folded down. Jet's head pokes out from inside the trunk.
1: Yes, our protective smog was thought to be
8: a natural phenomenon, but seeing your toxic vehicle firsthand, it appears the future owes the past an enormous debt of gratitude.
1: (laughs) Wow, no sunlight, no photosynthesis, Mm. no... Wooden steaks or garlic? Mm. Oh, what about religious stuff? Uh, crosses, holy mm. water?
8: Logic is our only god. You enjoy asking questions, Mr. Ben, don't
1: you? Uh, I, I like to keep the noggin stimulated while on moo patrol. Crow. Like oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> ben turns the corner and misses seeing the moo-crow. crow All right, Tony. Finish beating up a vendor next to an ice cream truck with a sign that reads 100% real dairy. The moocrow moos at the unconscious vendor, then runs down the street.
1: Anyway, you were saying how it's crazy bad to suck on humans? You witnessed
8: the electro-punishment I received when I almost killed you earlier. The First Amendment, the first, <laughs> the first temporal law, <laughs> states that it is forbidden to kill humans or even to allow a human to be killed due to my inaction.
1: It is a great
8: risk for me to divulge this information. Can I trust you?
1: Yeah, of
0: course you can trust me. Hmm. We tilt down to Ben's lap. On it is an iPhone that is recording. Hmm. We go to Goopy Burger. It's a late lunch at this McDonald's knockoff stuck in 1985. Half a dozen patrons in booths nibble at their fast food. A spunky counter girl slides a tray of burgers across the counter to a hungry customer.
3: Three Goopy Burgers, extra beef. How'd you like to pay for that?
0: The Moo Crow plows through the front door, sees the burgers on the hungry customer's tray, and moos in anger. (laughs) Everyone screams. Thank you, actress. Uh, in the Jetta, uh, Jet suspicion has escalated to accusation.
8: And why do you keep talking down to your lap,
0: may I ask? Are you recording this?
1: Go calm down. No, don't be so paranoid.
8: Oh, calming down is not option. The third temporal law expresses that my presence in the past must never be documented.
1: Oh, there are three temporal laws? Ah! You did it again!
0: Outside the car, Ben passes the Goopy Burger. Smoke's coming out of the window.
1: Oh, look at that smoke. Something bad's going down at the Goopy Burger. We should check it out.
8: Do not evolve the subject.
1: But th- there are people inside. What, what if someone's in danger? Mm-hmm. You, you said you're here to protect the human race. No, I refuse to protect anything until you
8: admit...
0: Boom, jet is fried with a million volts in the trunk. Ah!
1: What's wrong with you?
8: electro-punished! Ah, but I have not
1: done anything! Ah. Oh, may- maybe your inaction will allow somebody to get killed. Hold tight, we're going to Goopy Burger. Ah.
0: In the Goopy Burger parking lot, Ben pulls a U-turn and rolls up to the restaurant as Jet continues being electrocuted. Ben runs in by himself, witnessing the chaos. The moocrow threatens the countergirl with a sizzling fryer basket.
1: Holy cow, a moo! Crow. <laughs> I was right again. Why doesn't anyone listen to me?
0: One by one, he lowers all the window blinds and everything goes dark. Then, at the door, Ben makes an introduction worthy of an SNL host.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: Jet Pacula. Yes. Jet is let in with a blast of daylight. The crow faces its challenger, who's smoldering at the door from sunburn. Super Bullet Pistol. Jet opens fire the Mucro ducks. <laughs> fountain drinks explode. Ben hides under a booth and finds that someone's already there cowering from the Mucro. It's Megan's boyfriend, Jonah.
1: J- Jonah, what are you doing here? Dinner. I oh. I, I hate Megan's bok choy.
0: Oh. The Moo swings the fryer basket. Jet shoots it to junk with super bullets. French fries explode everywhere. The counter girl is on her cell phone.
3: 911, that Moo from the TV is at the Goopy Burger.
0: In the New Scene 15 van, Megan and the driver head back into town. Her phone rings.
3: This is Megan. What? Moo is at the Goopy Burger.
0: At the Goopy Burger restaurant, the Mukro knocks Jet's gun away and they exchange blows, fighting uh, hand-to-hand. Uh. Screaming patrons take cover. Jonah snaps a picture of Jet with his camera phone.
1: The guys at the vintage record shop are gonna love this. <laughs> no, hey, that's my vampire!
0: Ben tries to grab Jonah's phone. They struggle, rolling on the floor, kicking and screaming. It's clear the last time either of them were in a fight was in the sixth grade.
6: <laughs> What's your problem, man? <laughs> It's not like I put a wooden stake in his freaking
1: heart. Give me that phone, jackass.
0: The moocrow appears to comprehend Jonah's wooden stake comment as Mm. Ben and Jonah continue to wrestle. The Mukrow leaps across the room to Jet Pacula. Splat! Jet punches him in his pumpkin head, leaving a messy hole where his face was. The Mukrow runs to the door, stops, and shakes a fist. He flees. The Mukrow attack is over. Patrons come out of hiding and give their vampire rescuer a round of applause. Outside, we see that night has returned. Back by the booth, the clapping makes Ben look up from his sissy fight with Jonah.
1: My my first test audience. This is going to be huge. Oof!
0: Jonah kicks Ben away and checks his phone, scrolling through the pictures he took of Jet. Ben looks over Jonah's shoulder. We're close on the phone screen. Jet is missing from each picture. It looks like the moocrow is fighting nobody.
1: What happened to all my Instagrams? What what are you, stupid? You can't take a vampire's picture.
0: A dumbfounded Jet stares at the people applauding him.
8: Witnesses are non-tolerable.
0: A meal tray lies on the floor. Jet stomps the corner, flipping it into his hand, then throws it like a frisbee that flies across the room, hitting the counter girl in the back of the head. The tray bounces off her head and ricochets off the back of each of the other restaurant patrons' heads, including Jonah's. They fall to the floor unconscious except Ben. Jet is about to leave him and run out after the mucro, but Ben stops him.
1: Wait, wait, what about me? We're partners. Partners? After you lied to me? Oh, don't be nuts. I never lied to you.
0: Jet grabs Ben's phone and holds it in front of his face. On the screen, we see recording. Jet punches Ben with the iPhone, breaking both it and Ben's nose. (laughs) Smack. As Ben falls to his knees, Jet, Jet runs out to the parking lot and... Jets! Rockets into the sky. As police sirens approach, Megan bursts into Goopy Burger.
3: Oh my god, Ben, what did you do?
0: We angle on Ben with a bloody nose, kneeling over an unconscious Jonah. This doesn't look good. In the parking lot later, police and EMTs tend to patrons in the background as a cameraman tapes Megan... Interviewing the counter girl with her deep non mouse voice.
3: Bubba's a go. The Moo stuck again at the Clark Street Goopy Burger. There's only one problem. I remember nothing. Stay tuned to this station for further Moo Crow updates. Megan Mathers, New Scene 15.
0: Megan makes a cut gesture to the cameraman. The report is over. Ben jumps over to her, his nostrils stuffed with bloody napkins.
1: Oh, wow. Look at you. A real live TV reporter. you got to be psyched. One note, as a friend, the deep voice is kind of weird.
3: Weird? You want to talk about things being weird, Ben?
1: Oh, may, uh, maybe not.
3: I seem to recall that you promised me it would never be weird between the two of us if I let you live in the back house. Then you go and pick a fight with my boyfriend? Oh, fight? I, I wasn't the one who knocked him out. Ask him. I,
6: I, I remember nothing.
1: Oh, then who did, Ben? Huh? Who? <laughs> that, that's a, a seriously complicated story, but if you really want to know the truth, it was a
6: Forget van- it, Ben.
1: I don't care.
3: The only thing I really want is you out of the back house by tomorrow. Goodbye.
0: She walks away with Jonah as the police and everyone else clear out, leaving Ben alone in the parking lot. We're in a filthy alley somewhere in town. The mucro pulls a bag with an evil smiley face drawn on it over his punched-in pumpkin head. Next to a pile of broken furniture is a Goodwill drop-off box. The mucro has yanked out many shirts and pants and arranged the clothes on the ground into four flat bodies. He removes his glove and sprays straw from the wrist into the first suit of clothes as if from a hose. The contaminated straw fills and inflates the clothes. They begin to take the shape of a man, or a scarecrow. Soon the Mucrow will have reinforcements. Whoosh! Jet lands outside the alley. He readies his super bullet pistol and ventures down the dark back street.
8: Infra-dead scanner!
0: Jet's POV, a layer of red, wipes over his vision. A computer readout says, scanning for zombie particles. Mm. Close somewhere in the alley, the mucro breaks a leg off a chair. The broken end is wicked sharp. Jet walks deeper into the alley, unaware that the mucro is now armed with a wooden stake. Mm. On Jet's POV, the readout says, zombie particles located. Multiple humanoid targets appear. Mm. Four freshly spawned mucros surround him. We're in a theater across town in the entrance hall. A local production of Fiddler on the Roof has just let out. (laughs) The cast mingles with the audience. Luis is with his wife, who's dressed as Golda. He gives her a bouquet of roses and kisses her cheek proudly. Two boys crowd around a window, looking outside.
7: Boys, what are you so intrigued by?
0: From the window, laser bursts shoot skyward a mile away. Luis takes his wife by the hand.
7: He's, he's, he's going to take care of a supernatural mystery, right? Now.
0: We're in a filthy alley. Back in the filthy alley. Jet is outnumbered five to one. The original Mucro stabs the wooden stake at him. It hits the buttons on his forearm. Beep, boop, boop, click. Jet's chest plate opens, uncovering his bare skin. The Mukros pin him against the wall and the original one plunges the chair leg into Jet's heart with a thunk.
8: Oh, nobody told me!
0: He collapses to the ground as Luis's gardening truck pulls up. The Mukros growl at the headlights and run away. Luis gets out of his truck. What he sees is terrible. Lying in the alleyway is Jet Pacula, dead.
7: Mr. Pacula! Oh, no!
0: We end act three. (laughs) Act four, we're in the backyard outside Ben's studio. He chugs from a scotch bottle while grilling burgers. He stokes the fire with his news clippings.
1: Genius. (laughs) That's a good one. Movie deal? Never happened.
0: Luis hauls Jet around the corner in a wheelbarrow.
1: My God, Luis, what happened? Mr. Paculus just got fucking
7: staked in the heart, bro.
1: (laughs) Man poor guy. All I wanted to do was save the human race and I had to screw everything up. I was grilling burgers because I wanted to apologize. It seems like the, the moo crow is getting cow revenge on beef eaters. I thought the smell of a cookout might bring it here. Maybe jet pacula along with it.
7: it it's called a, a moo crow? Yeah. But, but a, a scarecrow is called a scarecrow because it scares crows. <laughs> A moo crow doesn't moo crows. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, would not it be better if people called it, you know, moo people?
0: Crash, a herd of moo people invades the yard. Luis runs off, leaving Ben to be encircled. D-
1: Luis, you coward! Oh, God, please don't hurt me!
0: The original moo crow grabs the red-hot barbecue fork from the grill and advances toward Ben. Off screen, an engine starts. Luis charges in on his riding mower, yelling an Apache war cry. He drives into <laughs> and over. <laughs> he, he drives into and over many fresh moo people, filling the grass catcher with their mulched bodies.
1: Luis, you beautiful son of a bitch, mow down those moo people!
0: The original moo crow throws the barbecue fork like a spear. It hits Luis in the calf muscle. <laughs> The lawnmower rams the wheelbarrow, knocking Jet Pacula to the ground. Luis falls next to Ben. The Moo people converge on them as they lie beside Jet's body. There's no escape. I knew I should have
7: brought a grenade this morning. Could have pulled the bend. Take some of these grass holes with us.
0: Grass holes was over there. Acknowledge. Okay, Ben ponders Jet's corpse, then pulls the wooden stake out of his chest, takes the bloody napkins from his nose, and squeezes them into Jet's stab hole. <laughs> the pure blood drips into the vampire's heart and brings him back to living dead. Jet stands triumphant as the Moo people close in for the final kill. Mucros
8: reanimated by undead bovine particles. It is my very fortunate duty to erase the pain of your existence from my ass. Have an awful third death.
0: Ben and Luis dive out of the way as the mucros dogpile onto Jet Pacula. Jet struggles underneath. Ben, I have only one thing to say to you:
1: smithereen blaster.
0: A barrel extends from Jet's gauntlet, and he aims at Ben.
1: Oh no! I'm sorry. I was such a jerk.
0: Jet fires, missing Ben by two inches, and his cybernetic implants punish him with a thousand volts of electricity. Every Moo person touching Jet explodes into dust. Jet Pacula rises unharmed. I was a jerk too. We're in the backyard the next day. Megan comes around back. Ben is packing up his belongings, ready to move out.
1: Well, this is most of my junk. I can get the rest when you're at work. Where are you going to go? I'll I'll figure it out. Don't worry. Not that you would, but... Oh, man, I really screwed up with you, huh? Yes. When we were together, it was the best. i I've blown it with so many things, but the biggest sin of my life was letting you down. If I could do it... All over again, I swear every moment of my life would be dedicated to making you happy.
0: He walks back into the studio and Megan notices something on the ground. She picks up an old framed letter Dear Mr. Tillinghast, Robot Bastard is amazing. You are my very favorite artist slash writer. I hope to meet you one day. Your fan for life, Megan Mathers, 42301.
3: How long will it take you to draw your book?
1: Uh, 30 pages, pencil, ink a page a day, about a month.
3: Finish the book. Then you can move.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, thanks.
0: She tucks the fan letter under her arm and goes back to the front house. Ben does a happy jig, then peeks in the art supply crate. (laughs) It's a makeshift coffin. Jet's lying inside.
1: She's
8: letting me stay. Oh, congratulations, Mr. Ben. Could you excuse us? I have to take this. Oh, sure.
1: No problem. Yes.
0: Ben shuts the lid. Bloop. Veratu's hologram appears.
6: This is past.
0: Go future.
6: <laughs> Lieutenant Oblique. Mm-hmm. There's somebody who wants to talk to you. Oh. Yeah.
0: A sharp-dressed, good-old-boy vampire p- pokes his head into the hologram orb. Oh. This is Vam President Martin. Hey there, sport.
2: Oh. Oh, Mister Vam President. At ease, soldier. Oh. Dr. V here says he reduced the zombie population by 4% by zapping that undead cow. Yeah. Major setback for our biggest blood competitor. Mm. You keep neutralizing targets like this and we won't need these awful tasting garys much longer. <laughs> <laughs> What's our boy's next target, Varatu?
6: Werewolves, Mr. Van President.
2: Fan damn mm. Can't stand those sons of bitches. Mm. You fight the good fight, Lieutenant mm. Oblique. Every vampire here is counting on you to protect the future of the human race. Because oh. we here is hungry. <laughs> Later, gentlemen.
0: I gotta hit the golf course. Mm-hmm. He leaves. Viratu nods to Jet. Woo! Ooh. Uh-huh.
6: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Yes! He Ooh. never comes down here. I know! He's never. <laughs> I know. But don't get too cocky. Oh. That whole moo crow business is a painful reminder that you must be careful living in the past. Oh,
8: understood, Dr. Viratu. understood.
6: And you're certain your existence wasn't documented? Mm. If any record of your mission survives until our era, it'll be monster-ageddon for all of us, especially you. Mm. Affirmative,
8: Dr. Veratu. There was no documentation.
6: Mm, good boy. Have a Gary. Oh,
0: a Gary cookie materializes mm. in front of Jet. He reluctantly chews on the oh, ill-tasting thing. Saga. We're in Susan's office at Dynamite Night Comics. Ben shows Susan Reed many amazing illustrations of Jet Pacula fighting mucros. Ben has never been more animated.
1: Okay, so the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the Odd Couple. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, but this is only the best pitch I've ever heard in my life! Let's give Jet Pacula a 12-issue run.
0: As Ben and Susan's palms hit, there's a loud thunderclap and a full-screen title 5,000 years later. We're interior, the Vampire History Museum. After hours in the exhibit hall, reality warps, and from out of nowhere, a display case materializes. We push in on the title engraved on its gold plaque. The most famous book in history, we tilt up and behind the glass, lying on red velvet, is Jet Pacula, issue number one. End of show. All right, I really hope you enjoyed that. Uh, it was great having Patton and, and Tony read those parts. Thank you to my co-host, Ben Blacker. Thanks to the good people at Largo. Thank you to Noah Findling for handling everything that Ben and I don't want to handle. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. You won't miss an episode. While you're there, leave us a rating. Love to hear what you think, as long as it's five stars. You really should follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod, and on Instagram and Facebook at Dead Pilots Society. You'll find out about all of our live shows. Come see these. These are the kinds of casts that we get. It's really fun to come see this live. Uh, Until 2018, I'm Andrew Reich. Thanks for listening.